other side of midnight. Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Morano. Well, a lot of people have spent the entirety of the last 24 hours breaking down the results of the election. And I'm actually surprised at how many Republicans in New York I've spoken with that seem a little down. I have to tell you, it was not a great night for the Republicans because obviously you would have loved to have won one of the statewide offices or taken back the state senate or something along those lines. But it was a very strong night for the Republicans. The fact that they picked up two congressional seats on Long Island and for the first time in years, decades, I believe, all of the congressional seats on Long Island are now going to be Republican. That's incredible. All in all, it looks like the Republicans are going to add four new seats at a time when New York is losing one congressional seat. So if all the leads stay as they are, which it appears likely that they will, You're going to see a 26-person congressional delegation from New York, 13 Democrats, 13 Republicans. There is not a state this blue in the country that has a congressional delegation that's evenly divided. That's remarkable. And as Jaden Horan said when I was talking with him yesterday, the fact that there are four new Republican congressmen being minted, Those are all people that can be part of a bench for future runs for office. And again, I'm not a Republican. I don't want to sound like I'm rooting for them, but I am rooting for a vibrant democracy in this state. I would love nothing more than the best Republican Party there can be and the best Democratic Party there can be. Competitive elections for everything. And the voters are the big beneficiaries of that. And even in New York City, there are going to be four or five new, in all likelihood, Republican elected officials. Now, think about that. Rather than having to beg people to run for mayor, controller, public advocate, what if they took three of these new New York City Republican elected officials, one Italian, one Russian, one Chinese, and said, you know what? You're running uh, as the citywide slate in 2025, and we're going to run a two-year campaign, and we're going to really give the voters of this city a a choice. So for all the Republicans that are crying in their beer today and whining and complaining that they can't understand why the voters voted this way. This is the best New York election day for Republicans in many years. I don't think you are understanding the magnitude of these Republican victories yesterday. More on that later. Beam me up. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Morano. I appreciate you listening. I want to give a tip of the hat to Congressman Lee Zeldin, who ran a great race and who made this race much closer than I think many of us thought that it was going to be four or five months ago and inspired a lot of people, turned a lot of blue areas of the state red, uh, inspired a lot of people to volunteer and raised a ton of money. So the question 
question becomes, what becomes of Lee Zeldin? What is he going to do next? He's out of office in January, and I'm sure he would like to make some money. He could certainly be a lobbyist. He could certainly go to work for a think tank. He could certainly do some political consulting. For all we know, he may try to run again for governor in four years. But I have another suggestion, and I am looking especially at our listeners out on Long Island, especially those of you listening on Talk Radio 107.1 WLIR. Next year, there is an open seat for Suffolk County Executive. Lee Zeldin, we don't know the exact margin yet because Suffolk County was slow with returning their results. Lee Zeldin won Suffolk County in a landslide. He has won all of his re-election bids to Congress pretty handily, even though he represents a very purple congressional district. I think Lee Zeldin should seriously consider running for Suffolk County Executive next year. The Democrat that's announced so far, an attorney, I believe his name is David Cologne, he has raised over a million dollars. It's an open seat because of term limits. And I think Lee Zeldin is a Republican that could turn that seat from blue to red. And the expression goes, all politics is local. Well, all government is local. If the Republicans start winning some key local county executive races, including a a county as populous as Suffolk, they could make a real impact in terms of the cost of living, especially taxes, which is through the roof in Suffolk County. So if you are in touch with Lee Zeldin, and I'm in touch with him a little bit, I'm going to reach out to him privately and make this suggestion. But I think if there were to be a grassroots movement urging Lee Zeldin to run for Suffolk County executive next year, I think he might do it. And I think, one, he would get to be closer to his family, wouldn't have to commute to Washington, D.C. all the time. He could be an executive rather than one of uh, 535 as he is now. And he could have a real impact on people's lives. So I hope you'll join me in encouraging Lee Zeldin to run for Suffolk County executive next year. I think he is easily the Republicans' best hope at uh, turning that office from blue to red. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. They are still counting some of the votes for some of the key state legislative races around the state. But if I were to prognosticate, I would guess that it appears the Democrats will no longer have a supermajority in the New York State Senate. Well, what is a supermajority? Why is that so significant? A supermajority is a two-thirds majority. That's the number of votes in the legislature required to override a veto. Now, this would have been more significant if Zeldin had won because obviously with two Democratic houses of the legislature, chances are pretty good that Zeldin would be vetoing stuff like crazy. But let me tell you someone who I think might secretly be rooting for the Democrats to lose their supermajority in the state Senate. And that's Governor Kathy Hochul. Yes, I'm serious. Hochul, and I know people may not want to believe this, but I have a lot of friends that are moderate Democrats in the legislature, and they've told me this is the case. Hochul wanted to repeal all the bail reform laws. She wanted to do away with all those Cuomo bail reform laws. The Speaker of the State Assembly, Carl Hasty, the Leader of the State Senate, Andrea Stewart-Cousins, they wouldn't go along with it. And you know what? Their conferences had the votes to override her veto. So now... The next crazy piece of criminal justice reform that the legislature tries to pass, Kathy Hochul can veto it knowing that the legislature will not have the votes to override 
her veto. So I think in some respects, the fact that, and Bob Stranieri covered this a little bit yesterday in our first hour, the fact that Kathy Hochul will no longer have to contend with a state Senate that has a Democratic supermajority. This is the best thing for her. I think, as critical as I've been of Kathy Hochul, I think in some respects, this will actually make her a better governor or at least a more moderate governor. Andrew Cuomo, for all his faults, he was at his best legislatively when there was an independent Democratic conference and when they were in a partnership with the Republican state Senate. He had no problem working with that coalition. And once that folded, Cuomo was pretty much in a position where he had to go along with whatever the legislature did, including cashless bail, including raise the age and so forth. Well, if the Republicans are able to break up this supermajority in the state Senate. That party's over, and Governor Hochul can be the moderate that uh, people who served with her in Congress, like Peter King, and people who knew her elsewhere, like Governor David Patterson. She could be the moderate that they all said she was, and not have to worry about getting her veto overrided. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. One more hour to go. Don't even think of touching that radio dial. The last comment that I'll make about yesterday's elections is the absurd statement that Mayor Eric Adams put out regarding the approval of these what they call racial justice proposals that were on the ballot. For starters, these proposals were a joke. I think if more New Yorkers understood what they actually were, they would not have passed. I think if there was any sort of uh, organized opposition to these proposals, as there was to some of the proposals that were on the ballot last year, they wouldn't have passed. I think if the city had not spent between five and nine million dollars in taxpayer money in TV ads, promoting these questions and calling them racial justice proposals, I don't think they would have passed. But Mayor Adams put out a statement yesterday saying equity and justice go hand in hand and are key to building a prosperous city that serves all New Yorkers by using their voices and their votes for all three racial justice ballot proposals. I can't tell you how much I hate the fact that we're calling them racial justice ballot proposals. New Yorkers have placed um, racial equity at the heart of our city's government. Our administration is fully committed to advancing equity, and I am proud of New Yorkers' decision to create the first ever racial equity office. Oh, my. New Yorkers from all walks of life have made history to dismantle structural racism in our city and ensure equity is a core government function, setting a precedent that cities around the nation can follow. Oh, my goodness. Gag me. I have to say, where is the structural racism in our city? Eric Adams is the mayor of New York. He happens to be black. The speaker of the city council, Adrian Adams, happens to be black. We have had minority speakers of the city council before. In fact, the city council is now a majority-minority body. Where is the structural racism when we keep electing minorities? These questions are a joke. The fact that we're going to have a taxpayer-funded racial equity office is obscene. And the fact that Mayor Eric Adams, who did not even put these questions on the ballot, his predecessor did, the fact that Mayor Eric Adams is walking around doing a victory lap tells you a lot about how he views the world. This is absurd. Beam me up. To be continued. 